You are listening to the Strangers and Pilgrims podcast. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon. United States Marshal. Marshal. Marshal Dillon. Over here, son. What's the trouble? Marshal. Why, that's Will Thompson's young Mr. Dillon. What is it, kid? What's wrong? Yeah. Mom, they burned our house. Got the fences. Four of them. My sister. My sister, they... They, they rode in and shot. He's been shot. Hold that lamp down here, Chester. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Blood all over the back of his shirt. Will Thompson, he's a homesteader, isn't he? That's right. Came to Dodge City about three months ago. Took up a section over on Mulberry Creek. Mr. Dillon, you want me to go get the doctor? No. Boy doesn't need a doctor now. is right, Mr. Dillon. It's still burning. Yeah, what's left of it is. Watch yourself now, Chester. Yes, sir. No sign of life, though. Whoever did it's probably long gone by now. Mm. No reason to hang around. Well, let's tie up here and look around on foot. Bring up your carbine, Chester. I got it, Mr. Dillon. They even fired the corn crib. Now, why would anybody want it? What's there? What is it? It's a dog. Shot. A dog? When they even shoot the dogs, it's a... You see something? Yes, sir. It's Will Thompson. I think it's Will. What do you mean, you think it's what? Scalped. You was Indians, Mr. Dillon. I couldn't have been Indians. Only tribe reported in 20 miles of Kiowas, and they wouldn't do anything like this. They've been peaceful for years. Yeah, I don't know, but... Come on. Let's find out what happened to the rest of the family. Yeah. Besides Will and the boy who rode into town, there's Ms. Thompson. 
And a daughter. Girl about 17. Pretty as a picture. There's something lying over there by that cottonwood. Yeah, I see. Well, I guess we found Will's wife. She's alive. Yeah, if you can call it that. Scott her on. Take a look for the daughter, Chester. Yes, Mr. Uh, uh, It's all right, Miss Thompson. It's all right. It's all right. Mary. My my daughter. They, They took her. They dragged her away. Easy, ma'am. Easy. I, I tried to stop them. I held on to one of them. He kicked me loose. And his spur came off. It's here somewhere. It's on the ground somewhere. On the ground. Yeah, I see it. My daughter. I took care of it. My baby. There now. My baby. There now. It's all right. We'll find her, ma'am. We'll find her and then... Miss Thompson... Well, you're better off, ma'am. Mr. Dillon? Yeah. Over here in the willows. I found her. All right, Chester. Pretty as a picture. Seen her in Dodge. Walking down Front Street. Pretty as a picture. Yeah. All right, let's ride. First, and if Alisco Pete's not there, we'll try the other salons. I bet his boss is here. He's here every night. Yeah, I know. Follow me in, Chester. Just keep him off my back. I'll take care of the rest of it. Yes, sir. Good luck, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, thanks. Well, look who's here. Matt Dillon. Hiya, Kitty. What brings you in, sweetie? Business? Or pleasure? It's not pleasure. Ah. Plenty of other men in Dodge, Kitty. Are there? They come in here, don't they? Sure. They come in. I talk to them, and I drink with them. That's my job. You follow me, Matt? I follow you. I'm off at two every night. Kitty, have you seen Holisco tonight? No. He hasn't been in, Matt. Ben Rourke's sitting over there at a door table, though. Good, I'll talk to him. I'll see you, Kitty. Sure, Matt. Sure you will. Oh, I think I got a pretty good hand here, Mr. 
All right, boys, here's where money talks. I'm raising another hundred and I'll stand pat. Ben? Huh? Well, it's the marshal himself. I'd like to talk to you, Ben. All right, Matt, talk. Not here. We'll go over there by the bar. I'm sorry. I'm busy. I got a fat hand and a cinch bat. Maybe. This is official, Ben. Me? Ben and I want to talk to you. Now, come on. Take over my hand, Donnelly. I'll be right back. All right, Matt, let's have it. What do you want to talk about? One of your cowboys, Ben. Jalisco Pete. What about him? Know where he is? Around somewhere, I guess. Why? I'd like to know if he lost his spur recently. Tonight, in fact. It's pretty, ain't it? Mexican silver, needlepoint, Raul, gold inlay. Pete's the only man I know in Dodger's got a pair like this. All right, I'll see that Pete gets it. He'll appreciate your finding. I doubt that. I found it lying beside a woman he'd just kicked to death. Will Thompson and his whole family were wiped out a few hours ago by four night riders. You know anything about it? How would I know about it? Your boys call you King Rourke, don't they? Never heard of one of them pulling anything without being sure you'd back him up. Matt, are you claiming I was in on this? You're a cattle rancher, been an open range man. You boys all hate the homesteaders coming in with their plows and fences. Been a lot of fences cut by night riders. No, it's murder. You haven't named me yet, Matt. A couple of months ago, here in the Long Branch, I heard you say you'd get the homesteaders out of Ford County if you had to burn them out. Well, did you? Sometimes a man gets known as a fast gunslinger and it goes to his head. I asked you a question, Ben. Then he gets himself a tin star and goes around bothering people. Ben, if you're figuring to draw on me, don't. Why not, Matt? I've seen you in action. You're not fast enough. Now, I asked you a question. And maybe I don't feel like... What's going on in here? Nothing. Oh, there you are, Marshal. How are you, Colonel? Marshal, what's this I hear about an Indian uprising? There's been none that I've heard about. Whole family massacre, the way I hear it, sir. Murdered and scalped. Scalped? Two of them were. So it was Indians. What game are you playing, Matt? Indians don't cut fences, Ben. That's a cattleman's trick. Scalping, too? Could have been an afterthought. It wasn't an Indian who lost that spur. Well, we'll soon find out about it. I'm riding into the Kiowa country with Troop C tonight. I hope you won't do that, Colonel Blake. You know the Kiowas are peaceable enough when you let them alone, but if you push them, they'll fight. True enough, Marshal. We can't let them get away with it. The Indians weren't responsible, Colonel. I got evidence to the contrary. Give me 24 hours and I'll prove it. Well, I certainly don't relish stirring up a tribal war, but... Just 24 hours. Well, all right. Ben, if you know where Jalisco is, you better turn him in. It'll save trouble. When any of my boys need discipline, I take care of it. Not this time. Other people are involved. Homesteaders. Squatting on a measly 320 acres apiece. Ruining the whole country. They got rights, Ben. Who says so? I do. Morning, Marshal. 
Good morning. Any luck, Chester? No, sir. I just stopped by the jail here to see if you'd found it. I wish I had. I'll head out again in a few minutes. Oh, this fellow's been waiting for you all morning, Mr. Dillon. Is that so? My name's Ezra Hawkins, Marshal. We ain't met before. I got a homestead up the river. Don't leave me much time to get to town. I see. Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Hawkins? Well, it's about what happened to the Thompson family last night. The other homesteader sort of appointed me to speak for the whole bunch. All right. Speak. Well, we want to know what you aim to do about it, Mr. Dillon. I aim to get the killers. When? Mr. Hawkins, I've been up all night trying to get an answer to that question. If you've got any information to offer, fine. If you haven't, then... What's up, Chester? A trail herd hit town, I guess. Sam, pull up, boys. Pretty sign, Dodge City Jail. Come on, let's decorate it. Let's go, Chester. Yes, sir. All right. Hold it there. Hold it. My, my. Jail is occupied, boys. You men just blow into town. You ain't talking to men, Sheriff. These are curly wolves from the purple bar feet. They're up and stuff as off in the pan. And you're not talking to the Sheriff. I'm the U.S. Marshal. You the range, boss? That's right. Red Dudley. What about it? Dudley, we got a new law here against shooting off firearms inside the city limits. Yeah? You mean like this? No, Dudley, I mean more like this. Now, come on down off that horse. Watch it, Mr. Dillon. He's got a knife. So I see. Nice work, Mr. Dillon. Drag him in and lock him up, Chester. Throw some water on him. Yes, sir. All right, curly wolves. Your boss is jailed and fined $50. You can get him out tomorrow morning. We got the money for that. Take him now. I said tomorrow. Now on the move. All of you. Get! You handle things right fine, Marshal, once you get started. Thanks, Hawkins. Only trouble is some of us homesteaders are getting kind of impatient. The cattle ranch has been treating us pretty bad for too long. The boys are all meeting at my place today. I reckon I can hold them back till tonight. You know what I mean, Marshal. Yeah. I saw it happen in Abilene. Dirty and bloody. I'd hate to see it happen here. Sure, I know what you mean. Range war. Well, I sure we can hold an inquest any time now. I'm all finished with the autopsy. All right, Doc. It goes pretty fast when you can line them that way, four in a row. Makes the job a lot easier. Yeah, I imagine. Doc, have you ever seen a range war? No. I hear there's one boo. There is. Plus Indian trouble. If I don't bring in Jalisco Pete before tonight and find out who his three partners were, you're going to have bodies lined up 20 in a row. Well, it should bring in a lot of fees. I could retire and buy myself a ranch. 
Sure, Doc. Oh, that sounds like Chester, Marshal. Yeah, he's been scouting those thickets along the river, brother. Mr. Dillon, I brought in Jalisco. Where is he, Chester? Outside, tied on a pack mule. Good. No, sir. I'm afraid it ain't so good. He's dead. Been shot in the back and scalped. We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment, but first... CBS Radio, in cooperation with Time Magazine, makes available to you, free of charge, a valuable convention handbook, packed with facts and sidelights about American national political conventions. This convention handbook, containing a convention map and box score of interesting pictures and a complete history of this old American custom, will be yours if you send a postcard with your name and address to Time, CBS, Chicago 90, Illinois. That's Time, CBS, Chicago 90, Illinois. And now, with William Conrad, starred as Matt Dillon, here's the second act of Gunsmoke. Just a second now, Martian. Slugs I dig out of the bodies all look alike. Someday, though, they may figure a way to tell them apart. Maybe even tell which gun fired which bullet. Oh, no, not a chance of it, Marshal. Well, I guess that's all I can do for the late lamented. Oh, you see he's only wearing one spur. Yeah, I know. I got the mate to it here. That's what I wanted to talk to him about. Uh, it's too bad, Marshal. His talking days are over. Yeah, somebody made sure of that all right. And tried to cover the trail by scalping him. Well, I can tell you one thing. It wasn't done by Indians. That's my guess, too. I've seen how Indians do it. Down in the territory, up in the Dakotas. Slick and clean. Nothing like this. Why, I could do a better job with my eyes closed. Yeah, I bet you could. Well, I guess I'd better get ready for the rush. Looks like a showdown, Marshal. And I don't see any way that you can stop it. Neither do I. Matt, over here, Matt. Oh, hiya, Kitty. Business again, Matt? Well, I was looking for Ben Rourke. He isn't here. He left about an hour ago. Some of his boys came after him. Matt, I... I waited for you last night. I worked, Kitty. All night? Yeah. There's a bad feeling in the air, Matt. What is it? What's going to happen? I wish I knew. They called all the soldiers from Sea Troop back to Fort Dodge this afternoon. I hear they're planning to move out tonight. I hope not. There's a lot of... Homesteaders in here, drinking today. That's unusual for them. What's going to happen, Matt? The bloodiest mess you've ever seen. 
and I don't know any way of stopping it. If I'd only found Halisco Pete before they killed him, now I got nothing to go on. Halisco came in here last night, late, after you'd gone. What? Well, why didn't you let me know? There wasn't time, Matt. He heard he was wanted, and he left right away. His friend's with him. Friends? What friends? I'd never seen him before. I think Pete had known him in the Pecos country. They're all pretty drunk. How many were with him, Kitty? Three, I guess. One of them was named Red Dudley. Red Dudley. And one called himself Tulsa Jim. He kept talking about the Circle Bar yeah, B brand. it might be. It might be. They could have ridden in last night ahead of the herd to look up Pete, and then they... Oh, Marshal. Say, you better come on outside here. If you want to stop a lynching. Coming, Doc. Be careful, Matt. Be careful. What is it, Doc? It's Ben Rourke and some of the cattle ranchers. They caught themselves an Indian, and they're going to string him up. I doubt it. We know what we're doing. I hope so, Ben. Who have you got here? One of the murdering skunks who wiped out the Thompsons. Any objections? I might work up some, Ben. What's your name, fella? He won't talk to you. He hasn't opened his mouth. Look, fella, as an Indian, you're a ward of the government. I'm a U.S. Marshal. I represent the government. I'm here to protect you. Now, what's your name? Keith Doxwa. Work hard. Good man. No kill. What makes them think you did? Say kill people. No kill. He pleads not guilty, Ben. Sure he does. And maybe he can explain why we caught him two miles from my ranch house. Is that reservation? What was he doing there? Mr. Rourke? Maybe I can tell you what he was doing. What? Ezra Hawkins. One side, if you don't mind. Let me through here, please. Thank you. We got tired of waiting, Marshal. We come on into town. Maybe that was a mistake, Hawkins. Maybe. You have to play it the way you see it. Look, mister, let's have it. What's this all about? I'm a homesteader, Mr. Rourke. Well, I accept your apology. Weren't no apology. I just wanted you to know who those hundred men across the street were. They all got guns. A hundred, huh? Well, there's 30 of us, so the odds aren't bad. What's on your mind? This Indian's been working for us, Mr. Rourke. Tracking down fence cutters. Maybe that's why you caught him within two miles of your house. Got the nerve to come out and say what you mean, homesteader? You bet I have, fence cutter. All right, hold it. Now, you're covered, Ben, and you too, Hawkins. This play's gone far enough. Not giving a man a chance to draw, Matt? Not this time, Ben. All right, Katoxa, climb off that horse and get over here behind me. Move slow and stay out of the line of fire. You men... Either side makes a move. Ben and Hawkins will be the first to get it. You understand? Doc, take us in into your office. Oh, sure, sure. Right away, man. Well, Matt, what's the next step? You can't keep us here with our hands in the air forever. I don't intend to. I got one of the murderers locked up in jail. I want you two to come along and listen to his statement, but leave the questions to me, all right? It's just fine with me, Marshal. Sure show, Matt. Good. Come on. Chester? Chester? Looks kind of deserted, Matt. He may have gone back to the cells to see. Chester? Ben, Hawkins. What's the matter, Matt? 
Here, I'll get that gag off of him. You cut the ropes, Ben. Right. All right, Chester, here we go. Easy now. There. What happened, Chester? Oh, they slipped in and got the drop on me, Mr. Dillon. Took Red Dudley with him. There was two of them, not more than 20 minutes ago. Who were they? Did you know them? Nope. Circle Bar B-Boys, I think. They slugged me and thought I was out, but I heard them talking. They were all in with Pete on the Thompson killing. Yeah, I know. And they killed Pete, too. They was afraid you'd make him talk. The question now is, where are they? I know where. They are Kansas rooms. They are Kansas, huh? They planned to hole up there till it got dark. Maybe they've gone by now, though. Maybe not. Want some help, Matt? No, thanks, Ben. It's my job. Mine and Chester's. Come on, Chester. Let's go. The room and house is all dark, Mr. Dillon. That doesn't mean a thing. Watch the windows. That's you, Dylan. Drop behind that water trough here. Use your carbine. It's more accurate. Yes, sir. All right, Dudley. Come on out. You're under arrest. Come and get it. Fire at the flashes, Chester. That came from the side window, Mr. Dillon. And ten to one, there's somebody behind the other corner. So... Yeah, there was. Break the front of the building, Chester. Yes, sir. I got one. He's hanging out the window. Yeah, it's two down. Dylan, hold your fire. I give up. All right, come on out. Be careful, Mr. Dillon. It may be a trick. It's up to him. Come on out, Dudley. Well, hurry it up. I'm coming. I got a, I got a bullet in my leg. I can't hurry very fast. You, you got me all wrong. Watch it. He's drawing. Ah! Wrong, Chester. He started to. See if you can find the doctor. Get him to help you pack these things over to the jail. Yes, Right away, Mr. Dillon. Matt? Are you all right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right, Ben. Had a clean sweep, huh? Looks that way. Well, bullets are cheaper than a rope. I guess so. Ben? You and your boys aren't murderers like Red Dudley, but this business of fence-cutting can lead to a range war, too. Like it or not, Homesteading's here to stay. There's more of them coming in on every train. I know all that. Those cattlemen built this country, Matt. A few more years, now they'll have us fenced out of it. Time's changed, Ben. There's range still left out west, New Mexico, Arizona. Yes, I know. Some of us have been thinking about it. Matt, they'll fence you out, too, you know. Yeah, I guess they will. <laughs> well, when that time comes, I'll move on. If I'm still around. Farms and families. Next thing they'll do is set up courts and bring the law in here. Law's here now, Ben. In Dodge City, I'm the law. <laughs> Gun 
Smoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was especially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in tonight's cast were Harry Bartell, Lou Krugman, and Georgia Ellis, with Jack Crucian, Barney Phillips, Vivi Janus, and Johnny McGovern. Parley Bear is Chester, and Howard McNear is Doc. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Jungle Legacy is the name of tonight's adventure with Tarzan. Listen as Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, faces a band of unscrupulous men who seek a uranium deposit in Tarzan's realm, through which they hope to rule the world. Don't miss Jungle Legacy tonight, when most of these same CBS radio stations bring you Tarzan. It's packed with thrills, packed with action, packed with tense atmosphere. This is Roy Rowan speaking. Remember, pick up a copy of Conflict with Shadows today from your favorite online bookstore. Hello? Where have you been? I was here with me. Why weren't you over to the party last night? I couldn't make it. I, I was bitten by a dog. You were what? A dog bit me. I can't understand you. Spell it. A dog bit me. B-I-it me, bit me. And they took me to the hospital. Was it serious? Yeah, the doctor said I might get hydrophosphates. Hydrophosphates? You mean hydrophobia. Say, what are you doing? Eh? What are you doing? I'm talking to you. What do you think I'm doing? I know you're talking to me. Say, come on over. I want to see you. And make it snappy. Cutie. Hydrophosphates. Mmm. Listen, I'm in a slight predicament. My wife's coming home today at noon unexpectedly. And look at this house. What's the matter with it? What's the matter with it? You never met my wife, did you? Yes, I never did. What do you mean, yes, I never did? That's my wife. Isn't she sweet? Charming. Where is your wife? She's in Chicago with her mother. She having a nice time? Sure she's having a nice time. She's been gone for more than a week. I don't care whether she's having a nice time or not. What I mean is that she comes home and sees this house like this, she'll know that I've been having a wild party. I've never known it to fail. What? When the mice are away, the cats are always playing around with things, and 
doing something. If the mice... I want you to help me clean this house. I'd do the same for you. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. Oh, no, you wouldn't. How do you know I wouldn't? Because I'm not going to get married. Will you help me or will you not? Sure, I'll help you. What do you want me to do first? Now, that's the spirit. Now, you wash the dirty dishes while I go in and get dressed. Then after that, we'll have a nice breakfast, put everything in order so that the wife will suspect nothing. Will we have marmalade for breakfast? Yes, we'll have marmalade for breakfast. Then we'll put our shoulder to the wheel, grab the bull by the horns, and put our best foot forward. <laughs> See what you did? You can't blame me for that. Even if you rush in a rush, Brisk Fluoride Toothpaste starts instant action against tooth decay. Brisk, B-R-I-S-K, Brisk. When you are late and in a rush to clean your teeth, do you really brush or do you just brush in a rush? Brisk helps protect you from decay, starts instant action right away. Even if you brush in a rush, Brisk Fluoride Toothpaste. You should brush your teeth thoroughly, but when you have to, brush in a rush. Brisk fluoride toothpaste starts instant action against tooth decay. Helps strengthen tooth enamel on contact. Instantly destroys most bacteria that cause mouth odor and decay. Even if you brush in a rush, Brisk fluoride toothpaste. Oh, yes, I, I suppose I am. Matter of fact, the adventure I'm going to relate was one of the most gruesome experiences I ever hoped to encounter. I never think of it as I can help. Oh, perhaps I'd better not tell it after all. Brings up memories that I'd oh, rather... Oh, come, Dr. Watson. You're not going back on us now. The Cornish Horror, or The Adventure of the Devil's Foot. That was the name, wasn't it? Yes. The Devil's Foot. The very word still makes my spine tingle with horror. Oh, well, I'll get on with it. Good. It was the spring of the year 1897. Holmes' iron constitution had shown some signs of giving way due to a particularly arduous and nerve-wracking winter. In March of that year, Dr. Moore Agar of Harley Street gave positive injunctions that Holmes get out into the country for protracted rest. Holmes demurred first, but I finally persuaded him. Well, the third week in March found us settled in a small cottage near Pauldew Bay, the further extremity of the Cornish Peninsula. Isn't that rather bleak country for a convalescent, Dr. Watson? Bleak is putting it mildly. I've never known such grim surroundings. Must seem Holmes admirably. Just his natural perverseness, I suppose. Oh, I dare say, I dare say. Our little whitewashed house stood on a grassy headland. From its windows, we looked down upon the whole sinister semicircle of Mount Bay, and that old death trap with its fringe of black cliffs and surge swept reefs. On the land side, our view was as somber as on the sea. Country of rolling moors, lonely and dun colored. In every direction, there were traces of some vanished race which had left at its sole record strange monuments of stone. Holmes spent most of his time uttering round about these weird ruins. Well, everything was going along peacefully until one morning, our simple and healthy routine was violently interrupted 
And we were precipitated into the midst of a series of gruesome and nerve-shattering events. Quite a stir this morning, eh, Watson? You can see the spray flung up against our windows, and we're a good hundred feet above sea level. I don't think I shall venture out today. Mm, bad weather. The old boy is certainly lashing himself into a fine frenzy. What, what do you mean, the old boy? The devil, Watson. The devil himself. What are you raving about? Didn't I tell you that the natives hereabouts refer to that seething death trap down there as the devil's cauldron? They think the old gentleman himself lives there. Near me, uh, how unsettling. Yes, yes, a very interesting superstition. You know, Watson, that this locality is supposed to have been the last resort of devil worship in England. Many scientists believe that those huge prehistoric monuments of stone were part of a temple given over to the Prince of Darkness. Preposterous. I don't know. As logical as most of the theories have endeavored to explain their existence. The superstition goes on to say that when the devil was finally driven from his temple, he took refuge in the bay down there. Yes, yes, they claim that on stormy nights you can hear his hoofbeats as he races up and down the rock. Hey, Holmes, what are you trying to do? Give me a chase of nerves? No, what's this? What's this? Someone running up our path. His coat flapping about like a giant bat. Why, it's, it's that Tregenis fellow, the one who boards with the vicar. What about Tregenis, eh? Wonder what's happened. Face is white as teeth. Open the door, Watson. Open the door. Mr. Holmes. Yes, yes. Thank you, my fine good home. The most terrible thing has happened. I, I can scarcely believe it. Sit down, my dear fellow. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah, that's better. Now, perhaps you can tell us what's happened. Slowly, take your time. My family, my sister, and my two brothers. It's too terrible. Why, just last night, I was visiting at the house with Eric Walter, it's called. All well and happy. With great cards. And now, without warning, I can easy, can't easy, believe it. Easy, again, it's easy, easy. Perhaps it's, uh, if you can manage to give us a few of the facts. I left them there last night. My sister, Brenda, and my two brothers, Owen and George. Now, what time is that? The clock in the church keeps over the pulgue was chiming ten o'clock as I closed the door behind me. I had left them all in the card room, laughing in a good spirit. And this morning, being an early rider, I was out taking the walk before breakfast when Dr. Richard overtook me in his carriage with the news that he'd been sent for on a most urgent call from Sidonic Water. Something terrible happened to my family. I jumped in beside him and he was at the horse. And what did you find at Sidonic Water? Oh, Mr. Holmes, it was terrible. It me. My two brothers and my sister, there in the card room, just as I had left them. But what a change, what a ghastly change. Yes, yes. Brenda made that stone bed in her chair. And my two brothers sat on each side of her, laughing and shouting and singing. The senses sticking clean out of them, and all three of them. My, my dead sister and my two demented brothers retained upon their faces an expression of ghastly horror, a convulsion of terror all out. Dr. Richard Lewis was so overcome at the sight that he fell fainting into a chair. Anyone else in the house besides your sister and brothers? Only Mrs. Porter, the old housekeeper. But he said there's nothing during the night. I presume it was she who found him this morning. Yes, she always goes through the house in the morning, airing it out before the family comes down. When she reached the card room, she found She found them. The doctor soon left for her. She had a nervous collapse. They had to put her to bed. I don't wonder. Most exceptional case. Most exceptional. That's what she thought. At the time, no places of strangers in or around the house. Nothing was stolen, nothing touched. If you believe you're the only one who can solve the case, Mr. Holmes, you insisted I come to you. I'd be only too glad to handle the matter, of course. But first, I must ask you a few questions. Anything, Mr. Holmes, anything. To begin with, Mr. Guinness, why do you live with the vicar separated from your family? Any coldness or misunderstanding? Well, as a matter of fact, 
Edith had a slight argument a few years ago. About some property it was. But that was all settled long ago. We were on the best of terms. Right. Now, Mr. Guinness, about a hall, anything, anything at all, that was out of the ordinary. There was one thing that occurred to me. Yes, yes. As we sat at the card table, my back was to the window. George was facing me. Suddenly, I saw him look hard over my shoulder, out of the window. I turned quickly, and just for a moment, I thought I caught a glimpse of something moving. Man or animal? I don't quite know. My brother said he, he had the same feeling. You investigated? No, Mr. Holmes, we did not. Oh, my, my, my. It seemed to any unimportant, silly, in fact. You had no premonition of evil? No, Mr. Holmes. Would to heaven we had. It's uncanny, that's what it is. Something came into that room, and that something killed my sister and dashed the light of reason from my brother's mind. Something devilish it was. That should prove be the case. I fear I shall be of very little assistance, Mr. Tregenis. Come, Watson, come. I think perhaps you'd best go down to Tredenic Quarter at once. the house, Mr. Holmes. Ah, whose carriage is this coming down the drive with the blinds down? There's someone in it. Listen. My brother, my poor brother. It's Dr. Richard's carriage. He's taking the husband. It's so awful, my poor brother. Easy, Viganis. Keep a stiff upper lip, man. We've got to find out who's responsible for this atrocity. Yes, I... I suppose you're right. I, I'll do my best. Ah, stop, fellow. Uh, which are the windows of the card room? This one here. Oh, my, look my. Look out. Oh, look out. You've upset the walking. Oh, there, there, there. How clumsy of me. Sorry, Trigenis. I'm afraid I've drenched your boots. No matter, Mr. Holmes. No matter. Shall we go in? Yes, yes. I've seen all I need out here. This way. Card room is over here. Do you notice anything, Watson? No, I can't say I do. This is the card room. And I see the window's still open. Housekeeper left it that way, I suppose. Yes, she said it was locked on the inside when she came in. Quite so, quite so. Candles quite got it out. Yes, cards still on the table. They've not risen from their chairs, I take it. And you left about ten. Well, that's at the hour of death at some time before eleven. Hmm, fire burned out. A fire, fire. Had there always a fire in this small room on a spring evening? It was cold and damp last night, Mr. Holmes. The fire was shortly after my arrival. (laughs) That seems to be about all. No disturbance of any kind. Strange. Oh, come along, Holmes. This room gives me the jump. There's something about the atmosphere. As though death was still hovering in the air. I wonder. What are you going to do now, Mr. Holmes? I think I shall resume the course of tobacco poisoning which Watson so uh, justly condemned. Come, Watson, come. We shall return to our cottage. Did anything occur to me, Mr. Guinness? I shall communicate with you. Watson, it won't do. All the facts are negative. I say, you, you think Mr. Guinness's account of his actions last night was truthful? Quite, Watson, quite. Remember the incident of the spilt watering can? Well, I did that to obtain an impression of his foot. I take it you succeeded. I did. With that print as a sample, I was able to trace his movements last night. The story is correct. He left the house about ten, went straight back to the vicarage and didn't return. Nor did anyone else enter or leave the house. And then, then it must have been the man or the animal. 
that they thought they saw in the bushes. He must have returned and frightened them to death. There's no such man or animal, Watson. Last night was a dark night, and anyone who had the wish to frighten these people would have been compelled to put his face against the glass before he could be seen. Well? There's a three-foot flower border outside the card room window. And there are absolutely no footprints in there. Yes, yes. What does that mean? It means that Dragena's sister and her two brothers were alone when death struck the sister down and drove the brothers insane. Oh, Why, that is supernatural. I hope not, Watson. I hope not. Look, Holmes. There comes another thing at our house. A stranger, huh? Yes, sir. Big, savage-looking fellow. My word, look at that huge head. With the deep the eyes and the grizzled beard. That, my dear Watson, is Lola, the famous Dr. Leon Sterndale. Sterndale? What's the lion hunter and explorer? Exactly. What's he doing in this neighborhood? I've heard he owns a little cottage about five miles down the coast. He's coming to live there after the way himself, but he isn't often one of the expeditions. Never mind, Watson. Never mind. I'll do the honors yourself. Oh, come in, Dr. Sterndale. Come in. Mr. Holmes, I presume? Yes, right. Uh, this is my friend, Dr. Watson. How do you do? Uh, Mr. Holmes, I've come to you about the Tregenis affair. Oh, yes, yes. The police are utterly at a loss, but you, uh, you have a keener brain. Pardon me, Dr. Sterndale, but why are you so concerned in this affair? Well, uh, you see... As a matter of fact, during my many residences in this locality, I've come to know the family of Trigenis very well. Their horrible state has been a great shock to me. Oh, As a matter of fact, I was on my way to Africa. I'd gotten as far as Plymouth when the news reached me this morning. I came straight back to help in the inquiry. But that makes you lose your ship. One sail for Africa this afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. I can take the next. Mm. Uh, when did you last see the Trigenis family, Dr. Sternell? I saw Brenda. Miss Trigenis. Three days ago, just as I was leaving for Plymouth. Oh, they've been in Plymouth the last three days. Uh, yes. Well, how do you get the news so quickly? Surely the Plymouth paper didn't carry an account of the matter in this morning's edition. I received a telegram. Telegram? Might I ask from whom? You're very inquisitive, Mr. Holmes. That is my business, Dr. Stendhal. Very well. The telegram was sent by the vicar, Mr. Roundley. Right, I see. Now, uh, Mr. Holmes, have you reached any conclusion? Conclusion? Well, that would be a trifle premature. But I have every hope of bringing this matter to a satisfactory termination. Satisfactory to me, that is. Would you mind telling me of your suspicions point in any particular direction? Well, I don't feel this is the moment to answer that question, Dr. Sandell. And I see that I've been wasting my time. I need not prolong this visit. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. How smart. I know that Dr. Sandell, eh, Holmes? He told us more than he realized, Watson. But he knows even more. How could he? See, if he was in Plymouth. But was he, Watson? Was he? That statement is something for us to look into. Stay home. Must you go on? Smoking that foul pipe? Why not? Oh, the atmosphere is so thick I can hardly see across the room as it is. Oh, Lord, I... I feel depressed. Who knows what evil thing is talking abroad in our neighborhood. Now, light the lamp, Watson. It's the gathering twilight that makes you blue being. Oh, rubbish. Look here, Holmes. Yes, yes. Uh, what about that uh, Dr. Sterndale? Do you think he did it? No, Watson. I've been in communication with the Plymouth Hotel. The story is correct. He had been there for the past three days. We did receive a telegram from the vicar this morning. Uh, and he couldn't possibly hide anything to do with the beginning strategy last night. Oh, now what? Open the door, Watson. Open the door. 
Oh, my dear Dicker, come in, come in, come in. Dear me, dear me, you look as though you've seen a ghost. It's, it's tracked him down, the curse of the family. He's dead, dead with that same look of terror on his face. Who's dead? Mortimer Tregenis, in his study at the vicarage. My servant found him there, sitting beside his table. His face turned towards the window, and distorted with that same convulsion of fear that marked the features of his sister. Oh, my poor parish! Satan himself is loose among us. We're devil-ridden, Mr. Holmes, devil-ridden! It was worse. I had the servant open the window. He's quite ill from the shop for Oh, what a terrible look on Tregenny's face. Oh, the whole body is contorted and convulsed in a very paroxysm of fear. You've never seen death in this form before, Watson? Never. You know of no poison that would have this effect? Good heavens, no. You... Hmm. Lamp is lit. It's been burning over an hour. Notice the oil consumed. And yet, doctors only just set in. Did anyone call at the vicarage this afternoon? Uh, no, I was out myself, but my servant says he let no one in. Well, then uh, Tregenis was alone. I then. wonder. The window was shut the time of his death, but the lamp was lit. Curious. The window. Let me see, let me see, the window, the window. Yes, yes, by Jove, I think I found something. What's that you're putting in your pocket, Holmes? The lamp, the lamp, of course, the lamp. Yeah, notice this powder, which is still in the base of the lamp. Red-brown powder. Give me an envelope, Watson. Give me an envelope. I must have suspected the powder. But why are you so excited about the powder, Holmes? Because it contains a solution of our mystery, Watson. It is a thought and a solution. I say, Holmes, you haven't touched your supper. <laughs> oh, the foul night. The wind's rising again. Oh, Face is getting on my nerves. Be quiet, Watson. Be quiet. Be quiet. I don't want to be quiet. I want to talk. I'm tired of sitting here listening to that wind and roar of the surf down below. So well, why did you send for Doctor Stone? Because he is an authority on obscure African poisons. Poisons? Why are you interested in poisons? Watson, there are two striking points in common in both cases under observation. Yes. In both cases, the atmosphere of the room had a curious effect on the persons who first entered it. The housekeeper and the vicar's servant both were overcome, as was the doctor who was called in. That's right. I hadn't thought of that. The room was still stuffy when he entered. Right. In each case, there was combustion going on in the room. The fire in the first place, the lamp in the second. And the lamp was not necessary. It was still daylight when it was lit. Yes, but don't you see... Something was burned in each case, which produced an atmosphere causing strange toxic effects. An unknown poison. Good heavens. I believe we have a sample of that poison in the brown powder spilled on the base of the lamp. But how are you going to prove it? I'm going to burn some of that powder and notice its effect. Just a small pinch of the powder. Uh, perhaps you'd better leave the room, Watson. Leave you alone in here? Certainly not. I, I warn you, it, it's risky. Oh, confound Well, come on, let's get on with it. Very well. Place your chair opposite mine. Then we can watch each other for development. Right. Come along, come along, I'm ready. Good. I put a pinch of the powder into our lamp. Pleasant smell. Musky. Couple. Nauseous. Oh, listen to the wind. Oh. Oh. I. I'm afraid. I don't know why. 
I can feel my hair rising. Oh, Mrs. Deep? That cloud bank, whirling, black and sinister. Oh, no, it's monstrous. It's concealing something. Something to put it to a magic. Oh, it's coming nearer. Coming nearer. How do you smell it? Suffering, bring it to me. Hear that? Hold it. Hold on to it. It's hoofy. Hoofy. I know what it is. I can see it.
Go and finish the other half, Dr. Standell. I don't feel called upon to present you. Story, Dr. Watson. Yeah. Next to the famous hound of the Baskerville adventure, that was the most gruesome experience we ever had. There's just one thing I'd like to know. What did you think you saw in that cloud of smoke? Mr. Bell, you'll have to believe me when I tell you that it was too horrible to mention. Just to think of it was enough to make my blood turn to water. I don't wonder. Well, let's not think about it anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, today those who need money for emergencies will find that the household finance loan plan makes that money available quickly and privately. Quickly because there is no red tape involved in the making of a household finance loan. Privately because you need not call upon relatives or friends for help. The household finance loan plan is truly the simple modern way to borrow cash. And the plan is open to single persons and married couples. And both may borrow on their own signatures. Anyone who can make regular monthly payments may apply. Why not spend a profitable hour tomorrow talking over your money problem? Get your bills together and then visit a household finance office early Monday morning. Discuss your situation with a friendly household finance representative in a private consultation room. And remember, household finance believes that a loan in itself is not sufficient. Their plan goes further. Once a household finance loan has helped you make a fresh start, household's doctor of family finances will help you keep even with the help of his money management plan of ordered spending. Ordered spending is not another old-time, cut-and-dried budget system, but a practical method of stopping those tiny leaks in the family pocketbook that are daily robbing you of many of the rewards of life. Act Monday. Don't delay. Arrange for a household loan and help yourself to a fresh start. There are 193 locally managed household finance offices in 134 cities, and you'll find an office conveniently located in your city. Thank you for listening to the Strangers and Pilgrims podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's shows. Visit our website at www.strangerspilgrims.com.